You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome everybody to a hundred and episode. <laughs> I'm stupid. A hundred and episode one thirty nine. Yup, that's what I meant. GameMat.eu supports our show, and I greatly appreciate that. 10% off your order with Event10 at GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and all the different shapes of mats. They got double-sided mats, too, so you should check that out. Um, We also have a ragtag group of Patreon patrons, which I'm very, very thankful for. I really am. I truly appreciate that you guys like what I produce well enough to donate to me and and things like that I, I really appreciate it so we have some patreon patrons that support this show and they're just great just great people if you ever meet one give them a big old wet sloppy kiss and stick your tongue in their ear that's that's what they like unanimously all of the patreon patrons like a tongue in their ear it's just it's one of those things sometimes like minds come together and if you support me on patreon you like a big old wet tongue in your ear it's just just a one of those weird coincidences so what are we talking about tonight? Well, we are talking about the rant about people being, people need to get a grip online. They they really do. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I also talk about the new Bellacore model, and that's in the want that or want that not. And then we have an email from Jeffrey, and he asks about what I think is coming in the future of Warhammer. And that's what we discussed today. What have I been up to? Well... Besides the bodies that I have in my basement, despite not owning a basement, that is the mystery you have to figure out. But besides all those, I played Warhammer 40k this week and at the club, and it was fun. And I did a pseudo demo for a person that has not played in quite some time. He's actually from our old group before we moved to the current store. And he chose to give us give us a, a look. He never played any 8th edition, but he is trying to jump into ninth. So uh, that was a fun game. I played my cast Space Marines, and I beat them pretty harshly. They, they made a lot of tactical errors, and I was trying to go a little easy on them, but I, I beat them pretty harshly. It was like, I don't know. It was like 40 to 10 or something like that. It was a, it was a pretty serious beating. I mean, we had very little... Th- models on the board like we had both basically annihilated each other but i was fortunate enough to have my models on the objectives to score the points and they did not really go after the objectives hardly at all so it was a tag team one of our regular players and the new player versus me and uh so they just did not play super well despite me going like hey why don't you go get that objective i mean i'm not going to just try to crush someone and they're like oh yeah but i want to kill your demon prince first and i'm like all right whatever so then they kill the Demon Prince, but they still didn't score any objective points. So <laughs> what do you do, right? And uh, the really fun thing that we did was yesterday we had a brutality tournament at the store. And we had 10 people for that. Um, ultimately, two people had issues, so we only had eight at the end. Two people couldn't make it for various reasons. But uh, we had eight people, eight-person tournament, and uh, we played Brutality. And it was a really neat format because it was a gauntlet format using the Bestiary Gauntlet rules. Man, I gotta stop yawning. And um, it was using the Gauntlet rules. So it was basically a passive tournament where 
half of the players would run the gauntlet and the other half would run the NPCs against them. And then they'd all switch. And we went out to lunch and we had a, a great time. I had a nearly identical list to the person who won first place. But the difference between him and me was that on the second round out of five, I had my pistolier completely crippled. This rock elemental ran into the realm, into the room, and punched my guy in the face and broke both of his pistols. He had two hand flamers. And then he grabbed my guy by the head and threw him into somebody else, and that broke his save, giving, giving him trauma. So he had no save and no guns for the rest of the game. And I made it to room four out of five. And um, then we had some tiebreakers. So the rankings were Andrew, then Matt, then JD, then just James, then me, and then a tie between Ash and Derek and Josh. So that's that's the way it went. Um, some people just, man, some people like Derek and Josh, they just rolled garbage, just rolled so bad. And uh, it just, it was truly unfortunate. You hate to see that happen, but... It can happen in Warhammer. It can happen. You can get a bad hand in Magic. Any game is like that. You can just have bad, bad lineups, and that's what happened. So, but it was a ton of fun. It's rarely do we get together as a big group and do something for fun and go out to lunch and just spend the day together. It was it was very fun. So I ended up fifth out of eight, right? Fifth out of eight. Yeah, I got fifth place, and Just James beat me for fourth. What a jerk! And um, that was fun. So that is basically all I got to talk about. Um, I'm going to keep working on the missions for Brutality. I haven't been writing any of my short stories recently. And that is about it. Oh, I've been painting a lot of Flesh Eater Courts. A lot. So I have almost my entire army finished. And I've actually learned a lot of neat hobby tricks from doing that that I'm going to share with you guys soon as soon as I completely hammer out the hobby tricks. Because I've I've... With this army, I've ran into a couple things that are really nice shortcuts, corners to cut, and um, hopefully they'll be helpful to you too. So let's get on with the next show. I feel, oh, what's that feeling? I've got a music bumper coming up. Oh God, here it comes. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. That intro told you that it is Tesseract Mailbox time with the Pimpcron, and today we have a letter from Jeffrey, who I have spoken to before regarding brutality, but he apparently also listens to the podcast, so I did not know that when I spoke to him about brutality, but Jeffrey, I'm glad to have you on board with the podcast. He writes via uh, Facebook, Mr. Cron, almost known as the name, <laughs> almost known as the man named after my favorite jeans, and uh, yeah, uh, actually, you know, Levi's are expensive. They're not my favorite jeans. No, they are not. But um, that's referring to two episodes ago when I revealed to everybody something that you can never forget is that my mother told me I was almost named Levi. So that's just something you know now. What do you think the chances are that GW will bring back Epic 40K, which is 40K battles set in 6mm format? The playing area for new additions keeps shrinking with a lot of miniatures games, and going to an Epic scale, not as a replacement, but in addition to the existing games. Second question, what do you see as a next logical step for the Warhammer universe, Sigmar, or 40K? Going forward to change things up moving forward. Well, thank you for the letter, Jeff, Ree, and um, 
almost called you Jeff, and then I realized that, well, maybe you don't go by Jeff. Maybe you go by Jeffrey. It says Jeffrey, so. Jeffrey. Um, I am actually surprised that they have not done more with the Adeptus Titanicus, because if, if you don't already know, Adeptus Titanicus is more or less epic 40k. I don't know if it's exactly 6 millimeter scale or not, but... The problem with it, according to a lot of people, and I guess according to myself, I don't have too much of an opinion on Epic, but there are no troops in it. It's all knights, it's all Imperial knights, it's all the giant Emperor Titans or Warhound Titans and all that stuff, and they have not introduced any aliens in it. It's all just, you know, technically Chaos versus Imperium. And it's basically all just Imperium models that you could use for whatever you wanted, whether it be Horus Heresy era or 40k or whatever. And there are no little strips of infantry like you used to see. There's no little land raiders. There's no little rhinos. Remember, you used to have a squad of like three little rhinos or something on one base. And that just is not a thing for Adeptus Titanicus. Maybe, just maybe, they released that as a pilot to see how popular it was, and it has not proved as popular as they believe. But then again, the lead time for GW is pretty far. So Adeptus Titanicus has been out for two or three years at this juncture, and maybe more than that, but I think it's been two or three years. And you would see by now, I think, if it had been super, super popular then I think you would have started seeing more things. Because it would be fantastic if they included Orcs and Necrons and Tyranids and Eldar and all the stuff that they did in Epic. But they have not done that. And it would also be awesome to see your little Primaris Marines, you know, what was it, five per strip or whatever. Um, I, I tried Epic one time. I had a starter set that I split with Bliggity Blam Steve. And uh, it just didn't pan out. I ended up selling it. But... um. Anyway, I am actually shocked that they have not d brought either brought back Epic completely or just adjusted Adeptus Titanicus to be the new Epic, which everyone said it was going to be, but clearly it's not because it doesn't have all the options and all the everything that Epic had. Epic was a pretty neat idea, and I, I do kind of wish they'd bring it back. I might partake in some Epic, but I have not played a single game of Adeptus Titanicus and I don't know of a single person who has, period. Like, I don't know, I do not, I've never met anybody who was like, oh, I play Adeptus Titanicus. You know what, actually, there's a listener, Nate. Nate actually told me, I know him through Shorehammer, he actually told me that he did like Adeptus Titanicus, and when I was taking the piss out of it a couple years ago when it first came out, he wrote, and he was like, hey, I really like that. <laughs> So I guess there's something for everybody, but that is not for me. And if they expanded it, include Xenos and Chaos and things like that, you know what? I'd be much more willing to give it a try, but they have not. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't actually think it's six millimeter scale, come to think of it, because I think those Imperial Knights are the size of like a Space Marine. And I think that's a little too big to be six millimeter scale. Maybe it's eight millimeter or... Something like that. But anyway, um, on to the next question. You ask, what do I think is most logical for AOS or 40k moving forward? Well, if you're talking about the lore, my personal belief is that they went, you know, 25 years without forwarding the lore up until 8th edition. And they did the whole swath of chaos, the, the rupture in, in the galaxy and all that. 
I truly do think they will probably be milking that for another decade or so. I can't imagine them having any reason to further the timeline any further. Um, for any until things get stale, they got to get their mileage out of it. So I think with the whole Abaddon and the the rift and all that stuff, I think they've got plenty to explore in all the novels. They got plenty to explore in future releases and things like that. So I really don't think they're going to be doing anything in the next many years for the story moving it forward. On Age of Sigmar, I really do think they have been moving the narrative forward. Um, as they've been releasing new armies, they really have been moving the narrative forward um, in the inclusion of Ossiarch Bone Reapers and Krakatos, or whatever his name is, and uh, with the release of Nagash and Legions of Nagash and all of that. With all of those things, they have progressed the storyline. It might just be a tiny bit, but they have actually progressed it. With um, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, um, you know, Nagash making them out of spite against the Stormcast because... You know, everything, Sigmar keeps stealing these souls that Nagash wants and making Stormcast out of them. So Nagash is like, fine, you know what, you've got one soul per person, I'm going to make these big guys and they're going to be multiple souls per person. How do you like that? And the, he basically is one-upping Sigmar. Um, then they've also got the new Marathi stuff, which I haven't read, but apparently she's developing and she's becoming bigger and stronger and, and whatnot. Um, then I don't know how much Loon Curse, all of that Gloom Spite gets stuff forwarded, but you get the point, is that they are, um, oh, Night Haunt forward, forwarded a bit with, um, all the new release of that faction a couple years ago, and, and, uh, so I think Age of Sigmar is taking a slightly different route than 40k. Age of Sigmar is slowly developing the story as they release new armies. The weird thing about 40k is they have really not been releasing new armies. The last new armies that we got were what, Gene Stealer Cult three or four years ago? Um Death Watch. I mean, which was technically already an army, but not really. So I'm I'm curious when they're going to introduce new armies, because if you think about it, compared to Age of Sigmar, 40k doesn't have nearly as many armies. When you're not counting every chapter of Space Marine as a separate army, there's like eight or something like that. It's really not that much. Um but Age of Sigmar has a ton of different armies. So um, the only thi other thing I have to say is that it's ma they've made it clear that Age of Sigmar is going to be adding one large monster per faction, and that's kind of their thing. That's they're definitely releasing one large monster, and that's um that's pretty apparent because when the Osiric Bone Reapers came out, they got one large model, and um the Lizardmen they just now uh, have announced that they're going to release um I can't even think of it oh Lord Croak. Um, they're releasing Lord Croak, which Lizardmen did have big monsters, but didn't have a big Nagash-type monster. You know, the Bone Reapers have Crack a Carrot Cake, and the Night Haunt and all of that have Nagash, and um, the Stormcast have the Celestine Prime, or the Stardrake, whatever you deem to be the bigger baddie. And... Uh, all the different armies seem to be getting one big thing. The orcs got the mall crusher and so and so forth. So I do see that if there's any places where you don't have big monsters, one big large monster to head them all, I'm sure they'll be getting one. Um, I'm trying to think gloom spike gets really don't have one big monster. So I could see, Oh, actually they got the mangler squig. That would kind of be their centerpiece. Um, 
but you get the point is uh, they, they seem like they're filling in those gaps now with all the armies. And I don't think that Idonath Deep can really have a big cool guy. I mean, I know they've got that leader with the wave cape and all that, but I don't think he's a cracker carrot cake level guy. So you get the point though. All right. Well, thank you so much for writing in. I greatly appreciate it. Um, Oh, one last thing. I am really shocked by now that they have not released another Primark in the game for 40k. I know they're probably biding their time and trying to just trickle them out over time, but at this juncture, we have, what, two Demon Primarchs, which would be um, Magnus and... Why can I not think of his name? Um, Not Typhus. Oh my god, what I cannot think of his name. Wh- whatever. Okay, the Nurgle guy, I'm drawing a complete blank. But you get the point. And um, they have two of those, but we only have... And actually, Bellacore, he's not a Primarch, but he's a pretty damn big model. Um, we only have one Primarch for the good side, the quote-unquote good side, and that would be Gilliman. So I'm shocked we have not seen the Lion or somebody else coming out. But um, there were rumors that the line was going to come out a couple years ago, but and they've kind of been hinting at it through the lore occasionally, but they have not released that yet. And I would be interested, or if Lehman Russ comes back, I mean, there's there's multiple options. There's like, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say there's like 40% of the Primarchs could possibly come back, where like they just quote unquote got lost or um, that sort of thing. So they're not necessarily dead. So I'm surprised they have not released another Primarch for the Imperium. But anyway, thank you for so much for writing in. I greatly appreciate it. You can write to me at facebook.com slash pimcron or pimpcron at gmail.com. Want that or want that not? Today on the Want That or Want That Not, we are discussing... Bellacor the Dark Master. Ooh, baby. That is a nice-looking model. I'm going to tell you right up front, this is a fantastic-looking model. Frail, maybe. Huge, maybe. But still a fantastic-looking model. So we all know Bellacor. We all love Bellacor. He is the, um, the unloved son of Chaos, and he always does his own thing. I don't think he has any mark at all. He either has all the marks or none of the marks. I don't know. Who cares? Point is, is that there's a itty-bitty, teensy-weensy, yellow polka dot Bellacorini many years ago. It was metal. It's been metal for a long time. He's smaller than a regular Demon Prince, and it was time to do something new. So what did GW do? They gave him the Bloodthirster treatment, and now he is freaking massive. His wings are massive, and his body is massive, and he's standing on a very large thing. To be honest, it's hard to tell exactly how large he is. Um, his wings definitely make up for um, a lot of the size that he appears to be. To be honest, if you take his wings off, he doesn't appear to be too much bigger than a regular Bloodthirster. I mean, he might be. It's really hard to to tell without something next to him. But it is a pretty fantastic model. I love everything about it. And um, he looks like a slightly larger blood, uh, uh, slightly larger demon prince, I mean. Slightly larger demon prince, but he's standing on a pretty high base of, I can't even tell what it is, rocks, I guess, debris. There's a destroyed chaos warrior at his feet, which is kind of funny. But 
then his wings are massive. So it makes him overall look much larger, but he is, um, I, I don't really think he's as big as it seems. I, I can't wait to see him in person. I'm not going to buy him. I don't play big named characters. I don't own a Nagash. I don't own any of that. So I'm not going to buy Bellacore. I know he is already sold out online and he's $140. I'm hearing through the grapevine that his 40k profile, as far as his stats, is much better than his Age of Sigmar profile, but he's still a pretty cool model at $140. To be honest, I don't think it's worth $140 to me to buy him. If he was $100, I would say, yeah, that's a solid buy for me. I mean, Keep in mind, I'm not going to buy him anyway, because I I'm, have no interest in, in buying him. But as far as if I were interested in him, does he look cool enough to buy? Yes, I do think so. At 100 bucks, I would definitely buy him if I wanted to have him in my army. At 140 bucks, man, his stats better be awfully good to warrant $140. And like I said, I don't think he's quite as large as it seems when you take away all of his wings and things. He's got, um, oh, the other variant is a Primaris Marine on his base, which is pretty cool. I thought they would actually end up doing that, either a Primaris Marine or a uh, Chaos Warrior. And there is a Primaris, looks like a Primaris Lieutenant on his base. And isn't that funny that even when they're releasing a new Chaos model, it still has to have a Primaris, it's still a Primaris Lieutenant release, either way. But he's a very cool looking model. His sword has some really neat effects to it. It's like swirling upward, and it's, I guess, flames, but it doesn't really look like flames. It looks like some sort of Vorpal something or other effect. And he's got what seems to be very, very fragile chains linked all in his wings. And overall, he's a very impressive model. I mean, I don't see anything horribly unique about him, to be honest with you. I actually think I like the Bloodthirster models a little better. But he's pretty cool looking, and he's giant, and he's Bellacore. And, you know, Bellacore has needed an update for quite some time. So I think his comeuppance has finally came. And $140 is a bit high for me. But if you like Bellacore, it's definitely a want that. He is in no way a bad-looking character. He just is a little bit, you know, generic. But then again, the original one was too. He was just a demon prince before, and now he's a larger demon prince. So, you know, take that for what you will. But it is a pretty cool looking model, and I would definitely say if I was going to include this in my army, I would probably want that. Yeah, I would go with want that, especially if you can get a discount somewhere and, and try to chip off a little bit of that $140. So there you have it. It's a want that for Bellacore. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Today's Real Talk with the Pimpcron is actually a re-recording because it got real philosophical and real dark real quick. And I decided, you know what? Even though everything I was saying was completely true about life and existence and all that, I realized that it was not in the vein that I wanted this show to go. <laughs> and and for you, for those of you who don't really think of philosophy and existence and things like that, it could get downright kind of depressing what I was saying, even though it's all true, but we we don't like to think about a lot of those things, so, uh, I mean, I think about that stuff all the time, but 
a lot of people are uncomfortable with those sort of topics, and I won't even get into what the topics were, but today I have a rant, a censored rant, because I uh, I was pretty mad in the other rant. <laughs> I just listened to it, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to put that on the show. It doesn't fit the lighthearted theme of the show, blah, blah, blah. So, what was I ranting about? What set me off? Well, the Cursed City is a board game that just came out, and a lot of stores were promised, via a fiasco from GW, a lot of stores were promised, uh, actually it seemed like a typo, 160 boxes, and then later on GW said 16 boxes. And then later on, they said eight boxes, and then some stores got no boxes or not even eight. So a lot of people had already put in pre-orders like, hey, grab me that box when it comes in, etc., etc. And a lot of stores did not get any, and people are mad about it. Which is, I, I can't say being mad about it is understandable, but I can see being disappointed is understandable. But you realize that all of life is disappointment, no matter how good it is. The whole aging process is disappointment, right? So you kind of got to deal with it. Everything, I mean, I'm mad that I have to breathe. Why can't something breathe for me? Damn. So this guy posts on multiple of the groups. I saw it in multiple places. And I got to admit, I have seen very little that was as petty and trite and stupid as what this post was. This was on Facebook. And he posts and says that he was all excited to get Cursed City. He paid his $200 for it. He got it. And he worked on, he thought about doing a two-week paint-a-thon, basically, where he was going to paint all the miniatures in this box set. And he was really, really excited about it. Then, come to find out, all of this stuff happened where stores didn't get all their boxes and people are upset and there's gnashing of teeth, etc., etc. And... He said in his post that now he didn't know if he should post his pictures of his models, and he was asking the community if he thought it would be okay if he did, because he didn't want to offend anybody, because so many people were mad about not getting their box, that he didn't want to upset anybody by seeing his pictures of his stuff he painted from his box. And I... I was beyond myself. I was beside myself with confusion as to how on earth can you be this out of touch with reality? That you paid your money for this box set, $200 for this box set, and you, he said in the post that it actually made him sad and it took the wind out of his sails because he didn't want to hurt people's feelings with pictures of his models. And I was like, dear God, dude, get a freaking grip. There will always be these stupid nerds that get mad, not disappointed, but mad over not getting the toy they wanted, and they'll stomp, and they'll scream, and they'll be whiny and bitchy about the whole thing, and that is bad enough, but for you to pay $200 for this box set and want to do a paint-a-thon, but now have to ask the community for permission to do this paint-a-thon because you're so preoccupied with hurting someone's feelings are we in a kindergarten class like for real i cannot begin to tell you how many times i have been disappointed in my life my employees i have employees my employees disappoint me every single day with their lack of care and effort so if i 
stomped and cried and everything every day that I was disappointed by something in life, then I would have to stay hydrated because I would just be sobbing all the time. I would have to get one of those hats with a, a beer on each side and fill it with bottled water with the tubes because I'd have to wear one of those uh, fanny packs with the little bottles of water for runners. I would have to get that backpack with a bag of water and a little straw to drink out of for hikers. I'm not, I would have to just sit in a pool so I could drink the water whenever I wanted to stay hydrated from all the tears I would shed because I was quote-unquote disappointed. I don't know if this guy has ever seen the news, but there is tons of stuff in this world that go on every single day that are infinitely more important than somebody getting upset because he paid money got a product, and painted it. Goodness gracious, we have become such a sissy society, it drives me nuts. If you look at the grand scheme of things, you will realize that this is so petty and so stupid, I, I just can't even... Uh, I guess I'll leave it there. I just can't even. <laughs> because if you've got nothing else to do in your life, I just, man, and to be concerned, this isn't even being upset because he posted it and people whined and cried and he let that affect him. He's worried about the possible situation that people might be offended. And by the way, just for the record, almost unanimously, everybody replied and just said, yeah, post it. Who cares? It was almost unanimous. There was one or two comments where people were like, eh, freaking Games Workshop, uh, it's still not fair. Okay, you got those complainers. But, uh, man, has this guy looked out the window? Has he, does, has he ever done anything or learned anything or achieved anything in his life? I mean... It gets to the point where, you know how like when you're a little kid and you don't get your way and you freak out? It's because you don't have perspective. You're a little kid, right? You, your friend takes your volleyball and now you're mad and you're going to stomp and cry and whatever. Okay. Well, it's because you don't have perspective. Now, the only way I would give this guy a pass for such a stupid ass post about a freaking board game, the only way I would give him a pass at this is that he saved up his allowance and he's a miner, and he saved up his allowance for a year just to buy Curse City, and he, oh, I don't know, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Okay, that is the only way I would give him a pass on this. Otherwise, he is a completely out of touch and immature person. And look, if you ever meet me in real life, I don't like to offend anybody. I mean, I know my satire does, and I like to poke fun, and I like to get reactions out of people, but I truly don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I want to be inclusive in the hobby. I, I want everybody to have fun. You know, the more people in the hobby, the more fun and friends we can have. I mean, I really, I don't have any issue with being polite and not wanting to hurt people's feelings, but I swear to God, I draw the line at making a post about your hobby progress. Now, this is hobby progress that you paid money for. I keep bringing this up because it's not like he got it for free. It's not like we had a lottery for this board game and then just people are mad because they didn't win the lottery. This guy paid money for it and at a premium price, by the way, because it's it's not a cheap board game. It's Games Workshop. Go figure. I mean, there's a lot of complaining I can get out of this hobby that I understand and I can accept. Like people complain about prices or power creep or... 
you know, Illumineth Realm Lords new codex six months after the first one. I get that. There's some things that are legitimately worth complaining about. But I've seen posts about this stuff before where people get mad because GW intentionally or accidentally does a print a limited print run of something and they don't print enough of them and then people act like they don't have their insulin. Like people literally they act like they need this board game to live and they didn't get it and now they're going to die and there's nothing left to live for in life and I can't even begin to talk to somebody like that. There's so many more important things in your life that I mean, think back to one of the petty things that happened in your childhood. Oh, wait, you probably can't. You probably can't remember that time Jeffrey took your action figure and wouldn't give it back and you had to tell the teacher. You probably don't remember it. And the reason why you don't remember it is because it was freaking stupid and it had no bearing on life. And now that you have a larger perspective, you go, oh, well, yeah, that was just one small incident and I'm not even going to commit that to memory because, dear God, what's it matter? So anyway, just wanted to just wanted to rant for a minute about how petty and stupid people can be. And please, for the love of everything that's holy, everyone stop being offended over everything. Uh, oh, God. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Game at EU, for supporting the show. And thank you for my Patreon patrons for supporting the show. GameAt.eu can give you a discount code for listening to us. And it's event 10 for 10 percent off your order. Whew. Okay, well, I gotta tell you, this rant was about five minutes shorter than the first one, and will hopefully not plunge you into existential crisis, which is what the first one did. Now, I may, for people that really like uh, a reality check and a wake-up call and an existential, uh, yeah, wake-up call, existential truth about existence, maybe I will uh, share that first rant somewhere. Because it's 100% true, but really did not fit the theme of this show. So, alright, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I will see you next week.